Hey everybody, it's Timmy Gibson here for another episode of the Timmy Gibson Show. And with me today is my co-host Lance Strickland. And we're going to get into some fun topics today as we talk about finding your purpose or finding your fulfillment. Uh, You know, I'm trying to think exactly how to word it, but it's a conversation that both of us resonate with, and I'm sure you will also resonate with it, uh, especially if you are um, older than 30. Most likely you've considered, you know, what is my life all about? So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Lance. Well, hello, everybody. It's Timmy Gibson and Lance Strickland here with you for another podcast. I guess, should we call you like my co-host? I mean, is this like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd be honored, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> does, that, does that does that title only happen here in, in the studio or yeah, if we're right. out and about? Can I actually say, even if you're not around, can I say, you know, I'm a Zakala, right? Yeah, I'm right, Timmy yeah. Gibson's co-host. Okay. Yeah, who the fuck is that? <laughs> They're texting you. Get your co-host down here. What a little special privilege. What's going on with that? He's wanting a discount on his drinks. Oh my gosh. No, I've really enjoyed, you know, our podcast. Of course, we've known each other for a while, but doing the the Pecker series that yeah. we're going to do that just once a month. And uh, through those conversations, you know, you and I were like, hey, we got to, let's do some podcasts together. And I'm like, let's just do one every week, man. <laughs> and so today's, today's topic is, you know, such a great topic because I think it's something that everybody deals with. I've dealt with it. And it's, what's your purpose? What, what's, what's the reason for living? And, um, you know, you mentioned before we came on live that as, you know, being raised in a, in a Christian home, that was talked about a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. like what did God put you on the planet for? You know, or God put you, did put you here for a a reason. You were unique. They always go back to that verse, right? You're uniquely made and, you know, God knew you before time and and you certainly don't want to spoil, you know, that (laughs) in your 80, 90, hundred years here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I I had taught on that at um, this community gathering that I do. And I think the three biggest questions, I've probably brought this up before, but the three big questions I think that religion was created for are created to attempt to answer in human search. What, where do we come from? Where are we going after we die? And then what's the purpose of life? And someone asked me, they said, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, I, we came from love. We were going to return to love. And the purpose is to be loved and to love, you know? So so that's a fascinating story. So, or a fascinating question. Did, did the Christian, is that right? Like, do you think we were created for a specific purpose? I'm not really sure I, what I think about that anymore, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think that, I mean, you, you and I've talked about, you know, how scripture uses the metaphor of kids and, and, and that certainly fills in a lot of you know, colors in a lot of things maybe that that scripture doesn't explicitly teach on. And so, you know, I think for us, right, like, you know, we want our kids to do something, but it's not like we've got this purpose that we have for them. We're trying to just create opportunities for them to find what they want. And yeah. and I think an interesting, um, you know, and, and certainly if you're cut from the faith fabric, you know, you, uh, you know, there's a lot of these um, creeds and things that, you know, people, 
you know, have, I mean, there's, um, what is one of the Puritans ones, you know, it's something to the, you know, the goal of life is to enjoy it's something and then enjoy God forever. But it's, but I guess it's just, it's, you know, or a, a wife, a life well lived is a God well loved. You know, there's all these little bumper sticker type, um, pithy sayings that we can, we can have, you know, but, um, I don't, I, that's a good question. I do think that people, uh, do have purposes. You know, I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. This is uh, random. I'm not, we're, we're recording this in the morning. My, my thoughts a little, probably not enough caffeine or coffee yet, but, <laughs> but, um, I've really been interested lately in people who were really good at one thing. And, and the example that comes to my mind is, is, you know, athletes, Kobe Bryant, for example, right. who, you know, I'm like, has all this money and could, and then he, you know, completely gets out of that and starts because he has the money, he starts up an entire publishing, you know, around kids books and takes it real serious. And, and you know, LeBron, same thing, you know, these, these, uh, I mean, there's probably hundreds of examples, sure, but sure. people that are, they've, they've made it in one arena and people, you know, normal people think, I, I just wish I could have the money that they did. And I would love life. I'd travel sure. all this. And they've done all that, and now they're trying to find more purpose even outside of the thing that, that made all that money for yeah. them. You know, I, that's real impressive. So people who have recreated themselves in different ways. I mean, you've you've done that at, at some sure, level, sure. you know, and and gone to um, done some things. You you started out with the wedding, and and um, you know, your voice is obviously something that uh, you've that makes you money. Right. Um, but you also done the stand up comedy. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lot of courage to to because you know people fail and things don't aren't as successful as the last time. But that's something that anyway. Back to the your inherent question, and that is, I I'm interested that I think there's two types of people, and maybe a third that I don't even know about. But definitely, there's some people that pastors, politicians, you know. They feel a defined uh, they feel call. default fine yeah. call and they're and, and even people that are in uh you know sports right like they've got they had a great um you know a career in their in their sport and now they're going into broadcasting or something and or they go into coaching they're going to the next league they can't get away from it because yeah. they just love being around that sport or whatever so I like you know we're professors right I mean it's another thing um they retire but they're still engaged in that discipline that they taught in for yeah. so long you know those are, those are callings. And man, I, I, I long for something like that, but I don't know that that's what's cut out for me. Sure. Gosh, that's a, this, this is a great topic because it's something that I have getting, given considerable, uh, thought to and, and journal, you know, I've journaled and journaled and journaled and, and growing up in the, the faith. What'd you say? The faith back Fa- the fabric. The fabric yeah. of faith. That's yeah. I love that quote. <laughs> the the fabric of faith. You know, growing up in, in that kind of a home, yeah. The my calling, right? Yeah. And I had a real, I'll be honest, my my story that you've never heard, I'll give the short version. Basically, I'm I'm 18. I'm a punk teenager. Uh I've got a mullet and I'm at this church service. There's probably 500 people in this church service. I'm sitting in the middle of the church. And there's a guest speaker at the church. Somebody from Texas was preaching, right? And I'm feeling, right? I'm feeling this mm-hmm. call in the ministry, which mm-hmm. those that are raised in a in a faith background would understand that. I'm feeling this call. Now, again, I'm in a living in a home that the highest thing you could ever do would be a pastor. Yes. Like, to be in the ministry, oh, five-fold yeah. ministry, right? right? Teacher, preacher, pastor, evangelist, right. or you know. Right. So that was definitely something that I was brainwashed to believe that I needed to go into the, one of the fivefold ministries to be re, to to you know be yeah. super respected. Right. 
And, you know, since I wasn't going to be a doctor, I wasn't going to be a whatever, being a pastor was up there. They're revered in the community, right? So, right. so I went with that. And so I prayed in the middle of this service. I said, God, if you're really calling me to do this, speak to me, like show me, right? Mm -hmm. Common prayer. Oh, uh, not, not less than 60 seconds later, this guest speaker at the church walks off the platform, walks up the middle aisle, stops, looks at me, points at me. Oh, wow. And says, young man, you right there, stand up. And I'm like, like me, <laughs> he's like, he's like, yep. <laughs> I stood up and he said, God just told me to tell you that you are called. Oh, wow. To, yeah. I'm like, oh. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shit just got real. Uh -huh. I planned and, on watching cartoons yeah, this afternoon. Like, Damn it. <laughs> so, you know, I broke down. I was very emotional. I cried. You know, all the people were clapping and mm -hmm. applauding, you know, and I, that set my life on a certain trajectory that was then I started looking at Bible colleges and, and went off to the seminary or Bible college mm -hmm. and got kicked How out. How old were you? Uh, when that happened, I was 18. Okay. And when I left for seminary or Bible college, I was 19 after a year and a half, I got kicked out for yeah. drinking a wine cooler, came back home, <laughs> came back home for a year to really just like find myself. I was pretty distraught about it. Cause I was like, I just don't think, I don't know if I'm cracked up to do right. this. I think God, like called the wrong person. Right. I mean, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Then. And, um, anyway, rest is history. You know, then I went back to another Bible college yeah. and finished and, you know, went into the pastoral ministry and began teaching. The, the reason that I asked about how old you were, because I remember I struggled and I don't know that I had grown up in the church. Um, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't feel called to go into ministry at that time, but what I, there was a longing and this is why I was interested in how old you were that, I wasn't finding, I knew that I was at 18, I was at that stage where it's like, before that, your goal is to get an education, sure. you know? And sure. at that point, now you're like, okay, you got the choice to go to college or to go get a job, but you're becoming an adult at that point. And right. I wasn't finding anything that I could really attach myself to. Right. And I struggled with that. In, and, and again, lots of friends, social, you know, scene was wonderful, had, uh, and, you know, good fam, all those things are there. It wasn't like I was a loner and just, you know, an outcast of life. Sure. Um, but it, I struggled with finding what my calling was. And then when I, but the religion really gave me an opportunity to, to get my teeth into something. And there seemed to be some meat on the bone there. And I, and I chased that. And, and I'm wondering if that was somewhat of your experience as well. You know, was it, was it, uh, did, did it grab hold of you so strongly because, you didn't know what you were going to go or did you have another path that you were going to pursue at that point? No, you know, it's wild. So the, the wild thing about it is the, the funny thing, again, being raised in a very, very religious home. I mean, that it was kind of already picked for me, right? It's mm -hmm. like a, it's like being raised in a military family. Uh, but yeah. neither parent were in ministry. No, they were. Oh, they my were. Dad, okay. Yeah. My dad was worship pastor. Oh, okay. And my mom okay. was a pianist. Well. Yep. So, and then, you know, my dad, my, he's my dad, but he was my stepdad yeah. officially. Uh, his dad was a pastor. Okay. And so it was definitely slated for me to, to do that. And, and I had a personality, right? So right. I, mean, I, I had the makings of a public speaker type. Mm -hmm. So, and a good thinker, right? Yeah. Critical. So you thinker. put those two things together. Sure. Right. Got... Right. It was, it was definitely, it was definitely within my gifting, yeah. right? It was definitely being a pastor or teacher was in my gifting. And 
the other part of my personality was I, I love people. Like I really want to help people mm -hmm. and not because I think I know everything and I can help people. I don't mean let some bullshit like that. I just mean, I just love helping people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I, when I was younger and I learned how to ride a bike, I taught my sister how to ride a bike. It, I like to help. And so ministry then all of a sudden became my, that was it. Like that's mm -hmm. what I was going to do because I considered before that. Maybe I'll be a counselor. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. be a doctor. I'm yeah, like, nah, me, fuck me, that. I don't policeman. Because I and again, oh, I can totally see yeah. that. You know, again, but it's it's different now that I right. know much more about it. But then I thought, okay, well, maybe not a police officer, but maybe a parole officer. Someone, people that are in down and outs, they're trying to get their life back on. You know, I didn't know anything yeah. about it, but similar similar path yeah. in that. I was looking for you know other things outside the ministry that still fit the the wiring that I was seeing how I was made up. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that just took me down that. And I did, I felt this overwhelming sense of, and this goes back to the confirmation bias group think, I mean, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I just pursued it and, and it was very fulfilling. Yes. It, it was oh, a very, you fulfilling. feel like you found something yes. finally that's yeah. yeah. And, and given that it has these spiritual tones to it, right. Yes. It's even more than, than being a doctor Love or something it. like it's, you know, it's like this, I, I've, I've landed on the thing here, yes. the, the Rosetta stone or, yeah, I don't know, you know, yeah. and I feel that same way now. Like people say, well, how, do you miss being a pastor? And, and no, and maybe it's because I still teach spiritual stuff right. and I do it weekly with a community. So even though I wouldn't consider myself, I wouldn't quote, really call myself a pastor because that makes me think of Christian religion, but uh, I'm definitely a spiritual teacher still. And so I guess I, on one hand, still roll within that. But when I took off and didn't do that for a while, I felt just as fulfilled mm -hmm. doing this, you know, podcasting, mm -hmm. getting my thoughts out. Mm -hmm. um, which, which, so here's, so throwing these out to kind of bookmark them just and we can chase them now or come back to them later. Yeah. But I'm wondering how much of calling and is is connected to happiness and yeah. what i mean by that is when we are most happy we feel like we're doing our calling at that point and yeah. and the reason that i say that is because that that happiness is a loaded term for me because i mentioned this before stumbling upon happiness by dan gilbert was incredibly instrumental yeah. to me because he doesn't talk about of course happiness is so subjective but right what he the title of the book is stumbling upon happiness and it's a real, it's a real, uh, it's a great title because you probably are thinking right now, it's how do I stumble my way onto this path of life that's going to bring me happiness? Yeah. It's actually the opposite of that. It's the fact that we get tripped up over how our brains think and what actually we consider being happy. For example, one of the things that he talks about in there is just how variety and all those types of things are super important to our psyche and happiness. When you go, when you travel somewhere to a new city and it's, it's sunny and 70 and perfect and yeah. you're on vacation, you know, your brain is, this is awesome, awesome. right? Yeah. Living there is going to be much different because you travel the same streets over and over. Right. I mean, uh, going on a date with someone for the first time is, is awesome. Right. But you know, and it, it, and it changes and it's still awesome. Um, sure. go, but but variety and time between when we enjoy something and and enjoy it again. You go to Florida a lot, yeah. and 
you, you it brings you happiness for a lot of reasons. But but if you went to Florida every single day and that was your life, Florida wouldn't be the place. You might right. want to go to New York at that yeah, point. The honeymoon right? phase would be over. It'd be over, newness, right? Yeah. So there is that's why he talks about many things like this, and it was really instrumental to me in just how I have been stumbling upon happiness and yeah. you know all these things. But but um, a few other thoughts. One was I'm wondering if our finding our calling is in life isn't so much maybe in God's view, if you want to use that term loosely, he's more concerned about you finding how you're made and the things that give you energy as opposed to, I need you to be a lawyer or I need you to be in the mission field and go to Thailand specifically to talk to the, you know, whatever the, you know, that, that to me is an interesting piece. So Anyway, the, the so, happiness uh, yeah. concept and how we're wired and all that, because usually the way you're wired, it does bring you happiness. Yes. And I would agree, Lance. I don't think that God, and I used to, here's what's crazy. I used to teach that there was a purpose that God created you for to fulfill. I don't believe that. I, I, I believe, I believe what you just said, that we're created to find our own path and to right. do our own journey and to, you know, find out what Which we Which is why you like. still fulfill like you're, you're living out your calling absolutely because as a pastor or what you're doing now because those same gifts are still the absolutely yeah yeah my That's, strengths are still being used yes. and utilized this is why people feel like they're in a either a dead-end job or they're not living their purpose it's because like for me the case in point if i was whatever i don't even care selling insurance but i was sitting in a cubicle mm-hmm. on the computer taking calls or doing something silly uh, again, not silly for someone that loves it, but silly for me. That would be silly for me because I'm not using my gifts. I'm not using my my just my natural tendencies, you know, what I just am born with. I think it's uh, it'd be a lot like someone that just has a natural uh, athletic ability and they're doing nothing athletic. Mm. That to me would be miserable. Um, not saying that you have to be a, 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 you know, Patrick Mahomes to be happy, but it, let's just say you're super athletic and and maybe you weren't good enough to be pro that's intramural sports. I know a lot of guys that are out playing, you know, competitive basketball and softball or volleyball, whatever. And they get that sense of fulfillment, even though it's not their job. You know, if you can do what you love to do and find a way to make money at it. Oh my God. Oh, right. Okay. To me, that is the sweet spot. You know, what am I good at? Great book. I would actually recommend anyone to read. If you're anywhere in that place of uncertainty of what, what's my calling or what should I do with my life? The, the side hustle is such a great book and people go, Oh, well, that sounds like it's about a side hustle, like, you know, separate little job. And it is, but he he talks about people that have, you know, a desk job that maybe you don't like it. You don't like your job, but you have to do it because you need the money. You got the mortgage, you got right. the kids and all that stuff. And he says to have a side hustle. What do you love to do? What do you do and would do it for free? Do it and find a way to make money, find a way to make, you know, uh, monetize it. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, then that's living the dream you know that's one reason why i started podcasting i love talking mm-hmm. i love talking to people mm-hmm. i love sharing thoughts and pontificating and i thought well why 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 aren't i doing it I just, so i bought a microphone and started you know what i mean like yeah. well, this is so easy i can just do it so yeah i i'm i'm it's funny how i've changed my my view as i've my religious views have changed 
um, that I, you know, I don't believe that God created Lance Strickland for a certain purpose. And unless you do this, you won't be happy. Mm-hmm. No, I believe he created you and with gifts and talents and likes and dislikes and whatever. But a lot of those things, I think if we're honest, those are nurtured. Yes. You know, a lot of yeah. things are just nurtured in us. And it's not well, and there's that, a, and nature, nature, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people just the way that we're wired. You and I have a bent toward this, right? Of, of a, uh, you know, there's a spiritual side to us, yeah. and it's manifested itself in, you know, chasing uh, religion, being involved in church heavily. Yeah. It's uh, manifested itself in getting to know other people because you're diving into their spirit, you know. Yeah. So a lot of times, I mean, it. it kind of lines up to what you were saying, you know, just that people are wired certain ways, but you know, a lot of times, if you're not wired to be an athlete, you're probably not going to find happiness being or, or a calling yeah. in, in, in being an athlete. So yeah. a lot of times our, our DNA is, you know, indicative of kind of where we go in life a yeah. little bit. There's a, there's a great, uh, Ted talk and, uh, sir, what's his name? If you do this, if you just go to, um, YouTube and search, top Ted talks. Okay. It's one of the guys, sir, something. And he talks about school kills creativity. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kids. Yes. So it, I've literally listened to it probably a hundred times. Wow. It's, it's that powerful for me. I've listened to it more than any other Ted talk ever. It's, I mean, I love Brene Brown. I've listened uh-huh. to her stuff, but this one is one that for whatever reason, I literally listen to just sometimes I'm like, you know, I just want to listen to that because he talks about, there was a girl that was a, a woman or no, it was a girl that was really, really good at playing piano. And so her parents like put her in all the classes, you know, sent her to school, da, 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 da. And she was one of the best in the world and hated it. Mm. So she quit and she does something else and she's so happy. So just because you're good at something, the main point was just because you're good at something, doesn't mean that's what you're, what's going to bring your you passions are. Yeah. What's yeah. going to be fulfilling for you. Yeah. And, and then misreading certain things. He said, he told, he tells another story and I highly recommend this, this Ted talk. Everybody should listen to it. He talked about this other young woman that was brought into, uh, this, the counselor's office because she was just fidgety and they were, um, hadn't invented ADD drugs yet. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know that was a thing you could have. So, she was fidgety, which he said nowadays they would have just given her, you know, something to calm her down. He said what she realized, what he realized, what the counselor realized is that she's artsy. She needs to move. Well, she's the one that founded the Juilliard School of Dance or whatever. Oh, wow. But her story is just one of, you know, she wasn't, she was having trouble learning. She was having trouble sitting still. She wasn't a problem child. She's, she was created to move. And so being able to really, identify, you know, who am I? What does, what does Lance like? Yeah. What does Lance enjoy? What it, what literally, if you were given $10 million today, what foundation would you start? Like, what would you be passionate about? Because you're not doing it. Cause I need to make the money to pay the mortgage and take care of the kids. I'm doing it because I fucking love it. Yeah. Like I love doing this. Yeah. And as to me, life is about, you know, we talk, this whole podcast is, a, I mean, this particular episode is about finding our purpose and all that. I, I think that life is all about discovering your, 
finding you, finding me, right? You find you, I'll find me. What is it that we love? And and find a way to to do that and also have communion or community with people who also like that, you know, um, and being able to, to walk that out. I'm so I'm curious, what, what do you love? Yeah, that, that's, it's a good segue. Cause I'm, I'm a, a buddy of mine and I, uh, you know, went, went through this little exercise and, and kind of, um, you know, tried to think of some of the things. And I thought, you know, rather than me, I think one thing for listeners that you can do yourself a service is, to try to be intentional about, you said you journal a lot, you know, but try to just find a page that you dedicate in your notebook to jotting down the things that you enjoy. What gives you energy? Um, someone, uh, said, you know, do an exercise where you take a sheet of paper and, and you got two columns, you know, what gives me energy and what doesn't and document at the end of the day, every day document what gave you energy and what didn't. And, And don't worry about it. Just document what it was. And then, the end of the month, after you've done it for 30 days, go back and look and, you know, you'll probably find some sort of common thread throughout them that says, these are the things that I ought to stay away from. And these are the things that, that I really enjoy. And yeah. I think you'll start to just, it's not, it won't be necessary. I mean, I guess I'm encouraging the listeners to go even a step further. Don't, you know, for me, I might put down on my list that, uh, did a podcast with Timmy, you know, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, had to be stuck in traffic, you know, in the afternoon or something, hated it. Of course, those are obvious, but, but go a step further and say, what about the podcast that I enjoy? You know, um, you know, did I get stuck in traffic having to come down here to record with you? I didn't by the way, but, but you know, those are like, is there a way then for me to be like, I hate wasting time. So maybe you find something that allows you to work out of your home and be more efficient or something or, but, but same thing. I love the idea of talking. I find lots of energy around uh, structured thinking and critical thinking and ideas and what those ideas lead to in life and things like that. And so of course the podcast fits right in with that, you know, and. Did uh, you enjoy pastoring? I not really. Now, were you I, senior pastor? Yeah. Associate pastor? Yep. Okay. Yep. Senior pastor. And, but just for a short time, but I, I, I liked parts of it, but I didn't, I wasn't there long enough to get into a cadence and rhythm that was, that I, that I could look back on and say, I tried it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, um, was it a non-denominational? Yep. Yep. It was a little church out of Harrisonville. Um, it was called Cornerstone. And so, uh, great leadership around it and everything. But the thing I put so much pre- I was too young and immature to understand kind of the trajectory of the pastorate, meaning that, you know, I was young, they had, I'd gone through this extensive interview process by lots of people in the church. You know, they, they choose you. It feels great. You come in. I, you know, same with you. I did real well in preaching in seminary. So I knew that I had some skills in this area. I was too probably immature and arrogant to like, just kind of enjoy or figure out what I should be working on at that point and yeah. what I ought to be pausing on. But I just put so much pressure on myself. So to answer your question, it was like, you know, by the time the the sermon was over on Sunday, you know, I was like, I, I in, the, in the beginning, I had to find a new rhythm because I would start on Monday because I just wanted more time. But then I just found that if I started on Monday, I thought about it all week. So I just didn't start until Wednesday or something because, you know, I just didn't want that pressure of, and yeah. being in life, oh, that's a good example. You know, I need more illustrative material to make my point. You know, it's just that message is yeah. on your mind all the time. And I didn't like that part of it. Interesting. Um, but I love the people. I love the teaching, all those things. And it comes back to what you were saying. And that is those were those were things that I found with how I was wired, which is 
one of the things, again, I think, you know, if, if there's a second part to this, which is, or first part is, you know, just being intentional about jotting down some of the things that you like, I'll read my list here in just a second of what I've done, but, um, uh, lost my train of thought. Where was I going? Um, Oh, it's just tr look, try new opportunities. Yeah. You know, this is you, you, Timmy are fantastic yeah, at this. Yeah. yeah. Experiment. You know, what's, what's low, low effort, low cost, minimal way that you can get some return data back to you that you either enjoy this or you didn't. Right. I mean, yeah. people say with retirement, right? Like don't try to like, you know, slave and save and then go try to live in Florida. Like take, take vacations to Florida right now right. and see yeah. whether or not you like living there and maybe even try to go live there for a month or something before you make this big investment. So what are low investment ways that you can kind of do that? But I'm a huge believer now in trying so many different things. And, you know, even with my own kids, I'm like, if, if they want to go pursue something, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, pro for that because yeah. you just don't know what it's going to lead to. I look back on my own life and I'm like, it certainly hasn't been linear. It's, yeah circular and circuitous and all sure. over the, you know, and I'm like how I find myself in some of those things were just because of opportunities that, that came my way. Yeah. I think it's my mind, you know, cause I would grew up as, you know, spent 30 years as an evangelical pastor. And when you're saying, you know, experiment and try different things, literally the scripture pops to my mind, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. uh, but no, I really, no, that has been, I, I just did a little, I call it a blog. I, I post, shit on Facebook whenever I'm thinking stuff. And I posted a blog this morning that says, uh, I'm alone for the first time. Hmm. And I said, Hey, before anybody's like feeling sad for me, I said, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm saying it's a good thing. <laughs> you know, like uh, not, not that I'm happy. I'm not married yeah. anymore, but just I'm alone for the first time in my life. Left my parents home into a dorm room with roommates into the roommate with a friend that had been married and then with kids. And like, I've never been alone till now. And it's been a wonderful journey discovering me, getting, you know, figuring me out. Right. And never have I had a chance to do that in, until now. And I, I kind of just said in the little blog post, I said, and you know what? I like me. Oh, yeah. Like, I really like yeah. me, you know, where yeah. all the time before I liked me ish, you know, superficial. But the problem was, there's this comparison of this Christian, you know, and I felt like I'm like, I was comparing myself to like a Billy Graham or a mm -hmm. Joel Osteen. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't like me. You had some goals for pastorate you wanted to achieve. Yep. And so I felt so, so separated from like what my goal was, what my ideal was and where I was, there was such a big gap. There was a lot of as happy as I appeared, there was some happiness but I lacked some happiness because I felt like what I wanted and where I was, was really a pretty big gap in there. Yeah. You, you had mentioned to me that you ended up with this gap and, and, you know, if someone out there is kind of keeping a list, I mean, you know, the first thing we said was, you know, jot down what your interests are, be intentional about writing them down. You know, don't just go through life and think, you know, oh, these are the things I interested in. When you find something, write it down because it'll yeah. serve you later. Um, second thing was trying a new opportunities. And then you said, and I thought this was really insightful for you after you gave us that little story, but is that wondering with a gap between what you wanted and where you were, nothing wrong with that. Sure. And, and certainly I'm, I'm a, I'm a person that, that says, you know, think bold, don't, don't think so bold that it's going to be, um, uh, detrimental to you that it, right. that you fail. It's like a pipe dream. Like, right. Yeah. And you're, and you're, you can never achieve it, but, but stretch yourself to 
think big and and you had some big goals. Did you feel, and you said I, there was a gap between where I was and that, did you feel like it, that was a gap that that was always going to be there? Or do you feel like it was an opportunity for you just to take an inventory of your skills and then go work on those things so you could get there? I both, I took okay. an inventory and, and, you know, I, it was, I'll be honest, Lance, I was very discouraged as a pastor. I wasn't discouraged at first whenever, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Hang on. Your calling <laughs> is coming. Hey, hey, Vannon, I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a podcast right now with Lance and you're live on the air. Can, can What's I, up, brother? <laughs> hey, can I, uh. Remember, remember Lance Strickland? You were a friend. Did you know his kids? What's a your kids? Abram. Abram. Abram Strickland. Played basketball together. You guys played back basketball together. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can I can you call me? He's gonna be here till uh a little bit. You wanna come over about noon? Okay, come over at noon. I'll cook I'll cook you a brunch. Okay, buddy, love you. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Oh, no, I'll oh. turn my ringer off now. <laughs> All the days, parenting. To be, the days to be able to wake up at eleven, be able to sleep till eleven fifteen. That bastard. Man, remember those days where you just did not worry about shit. I never uh, remember thinking about mortgage, food uh, bills, electric bills. Anyway, so I was extremely discouraged as a pastor once I hit the plateau, and. And I've the really, plateau being I've, what growth. I, okay. I've never actually really talked about this publicly like this. This is pretty vulnerable for me. So the church that when I started the church, I did. I thought I was going to be the next Joel Osteen, but here in Kansas City with tattoos. Right? I got a great smile. I could and great hair, just like him. Right? <laughs> so I was going to take over Kansas City. Right? And I was going to rent the Sprint Center for Sunday mornings. That, I mean, that was literally what my plan was. And so the, when I first started the church back in 2003, we were up into the right. I mean, you know, at the end of the first year, we were a hundred people into the second year, 200 into the third year, 300. I mean, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I literally, like I was a part then I'm not now, but I was a part of an organization and they asked me to do breakout sessions to talk about my success. You know, like I was being noticed for my success and, and other pastors that were in town here who had started churches 10 years ago and were only running a hundred people. You know, here's this young kid come young kid. I was 33 when I started just like Jesus. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm having this growth and all these other pastors are, are coming to me saying, you know, what are you doing? We've been in Kansas city for three years and you're already bigger than we are. And, and so I was getting the accolades and I was feeling really good mm -hmm. about it and probably getting a fucking ego about it, you know, cause it wasn't me and it wasn't even God. I mean, it was just. I had a personality and I was entertaining to watch and you I, was, knew how to I, market. Yeah, I knew how to market. I mean, there was things just that were happening, very natural things. Um, anyway, then, then, then my theology started really, you know, adjusting just because of my, the scope of life. I started reading, uh, my weeding, my reading broadened, you know, my, my knowledge started increasing outside of just the evangelical church kind of thing. And as that started to happen and I became less and less conservative when it comes to religion or religious views and, and, you know, started supporting gay marriage and all of a sudden like the church started going downhill. Now we had already plateaued, even just me by myself, it was just plateauing. And I was very uneasy about that. 
and I, it was very confusing because I, I just didn't know what I was like, am I just, you know, it's me. Like I don't, there's no one else to blame here. It's me. We have great music. I thought our teaching was great, which that's me, you know? Uh, so it's like, why are we stuck? Like, why are we stuck? You know, so I'm reading books on, and that was a barrier apparently in church world is that 300 mark, you mm. know? And, and anyway, it just really, I really, really struggled. And, you know, I felt like I wasn't, and this is, again, this is just being very vulnerable. I wasn't getting the accolades anymore because we kind of plateaued. And were you struggling at that point with your own ideologies and theology? Oh, yeah. And I was so really did struggling. you, un, did you, did you feel like that's where your constituency was at as well? Like, or did you, I mean, it, it's, it's not uncommon, right? That you're going to lose some people because oh, they're sure. like, but did you feel like the majority were on board with you and that, or was that, I guess I'm trying to. Yeah, they understand. were on board with the evangelical. And once I started so, kind of leaving that, that was okay. That, that definitely. So that hindered. made it tough for you because you're learning, you're, you're starting to open up into a new world that you feel like you're being led into. And that's yeah, I'm following, not, following and that, my calling. And that's not, a, that's not where they were. Right. That's that, that had to be a tough place. Yep. And my calling was leaving. Yeah. All my, my friends, even my family, like my calling, right. <laughs> my, my, I was leaving what they thought I was called to, but it's like, no, I'm following my, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like a parent that really wants their kid to be a football star. They're trying to live vicariously through them. You know, not that my parents necessarily were like that. So this isn't about my parents, but I felt this pressure to, to, to be a successful pastor. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like what, what does Timmy want to do? You know, like what, what am I made for? Like, what do I like? I don't even know what I fucking like. Everybody's told me what I like. And I've mm -hmm. just then, you know, had certain abilities and just kind of went with it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm going through all of that clearly hit a midlife crisis. I definitely made some poor decisions, some Im immoral decisions uh, towards the end, which then led you know, to being divorced and everything. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was really a process of finding me. And I, I go back to, I didn't know me. I was living mm -hmm. everyone else's life. What do you expect of me, Lance? Right. I'll do that. What do you expect of me? What do you expect of me? And I, fuck that. I, now I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. All I care about is being true to myself. And the wild thing about that is that sounds I can, because when I say that, I can hear what my Christian brain thinks about that. You know, well, you should be true to God, not yourself, blah, 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 you know, all that bullshit. Right. But I'm like, no, no, because the reality is the more I have become true to myself, I'm a much better person morally much better i'm more integrated i'm happier mm -hmm. i'm more fulfilled i feel like life has a meaning it has purpose i mean it's amazing as i've really dug into me who am i you know what mm -hmm. do i believe like really and that was the challenge for me is that i believed i was saying i believed so many things that Lance, when I really looked at it, I didn't believe that. Like I would say, Jesus is the only way. If you don't accept Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Right. I don't fucking believe that. That's right. bullshit. That's I don't believe that. And what's wild is, is I always felt that way, but that I wasn't trained that way. So I was saying things that within, every time I would say it, there was something in me going. Mm, I see. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I'm saying, Jesus is the only way. And yeah. in my heart, I was like, no. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. So I think there was the natural, my nature was understanding spiritual things differently than what 
uh, nurture had told me. Mm-hmm. So my there was a conflict between my nature and my nurture. Almost okay. like it'd be similar to, and this is, I think some people listening could understand this, helpfully, this analogy. It's like if you were born gay, but trying to live straight. Great example. It's that. It yeah. was incongruent with who I was, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, well spiritually, said. right? So that's I got, that's the only way that I can really give an analogy that would that people can go, oh, fuck, I understand that totally now. Like, right? So my my nature was spiritual and open-minded and free-spirited. My nurture was narrow-minded, evangelical, Christian, Bible-thumper. That just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. It's a great example of it. I, I, you know, it, it just confirms what we were saying earlier that, you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to know you. I mean, that's, Right. When you when you become our age, you've had a lot of life or you, you, you still had a lot of life left. But we've sure. had a decent amount of life that that we've experienced some things. And so it gives us perspective and context. And and it's you start to really hone in on what you like because you've tried new experiences and you decide what worked for you. And well, I think the thing that's interesting to me in, in that situation is what if someone whether it's being an attorney or you had a plan and it went and then it pivoted midlife, whatever. I mean, it could be a pastor. It could be you, an attorney. It could be, you wanted to be a, a teacher, but there's just some vocations that seem to have a deeper meaning than, you know, I want to be, I just going to work for sprint or oh, I, you yeah, know, a more fulfill, fulfilling. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I get you. Yeah. yeah. It, it has a, you know, that you're, you're a part of something bigger than you are and you're, you're participating in it. Right. Rather than nothing wrong with putting widgets together, but like no. if you're just on an assembly line, putting widgets together, which is totally fine. Nothing right. wrong with that. Right. But what you're saying is being a police officer or a doctor yeah, or a lawyer some, or a pastor or yes. seems to be more of a fulfilling. A, a, yes. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And that's then, interesting. And then when people, need to pivot from that later in life there's almost this pressure that you put on yourself that makes you feel like you were at the top at that point because you had your calling yeah and it wasn't for you and so now you're pursuing something different and same with christianity right for people that are challenging some of the things that they believe growing up you've you were taught that what you believed originally was the top of the mountain and you're choosing now to go down the other side of it when you've already made it to the top and that's that's an interesting dynamic that it I, is. because you, you have to go through and maybe I'm just thinking, about, maybe that's where, well, this is probably it. This is where you are going through an identity change. Yeah. Right. You, you have to, uh, you know, whether I'm just going back, thinking back to my transitions book. Yeah, who was, am I not as a pastor? Right. Who am I? Yeah. Well, I mean, how did who you am pivot? I not as a, as a husband anymore? Right. Who right. am I, oh, you know, yeah. all those things. I mean, you know, when, uh, when the kids leave and and you're not having to be there, like where's your homework? Okay, what time are you coming home? Are you gonna be there? Right, you know, right. they they're gone and and now it's just text every once. That's even all these transitions that you make in life. How do we get through those type? You know that uh, this is this this discussion has gone to an area that I think is critically helpful and important. And you said, it, how do you pivot? Right. right. How do you pivot from being a husband or a wife? How do you pivot from being a full-time parent? How do you pivot from a job that used to bring you meaning, which I'm curious for you, how did you pivot from being a, a pastor? Like, well, I got fired. It, oh, you got fired. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. So there's that. <laughs> Some was that because of your divorce? It was because uh, it led to, I mean, we were still married for 
10 years after that, I think. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, but it was, they, they could see that we had some cracks in our marriage and oh. thought, you know, you guys are just starting out here. You're young cracks in your marriage. They put us through a whole, you know, counseling thing up in Seattle, which was very kind and generous oh. of them. And so said, you know, focus. Departure. Yeah, like it was it good departure. Okay. Figure, you know, work, figure out what your marriage is. You know, God will have another opportunity for you if it's right. And then that's when I went and left and went to Demdeco and had a and incredibly satisfying. Yeah. And found, you know, and again, took those things that probably drove me to the pastorate. And I found them at Demdeco. You know, the owner was very much, uh, you know, interested in in trying to find that, you know, alchemy between faith and 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 business. So and, what what drew you to the pastorate in the first place? Like, did you feel a divine call? It comes back to kind of where I was going with, when I asked you. Um, I struggled the same thing. You know, I remember, you know, God, give me a shooting star. You hear other people's, you know, I mean, literally just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you want to know that this, this is the path that you're pursuing is the thing. Just give me a sign as opposed to, how much in scripture talks about us to lead on faith, you know, right. but, um, but, and, and maybe that was clue right there that it's like, maybe it's not about having something God specific. And so right. you're, it's fine. You know, maybe God loves the fact that you're just going through this process, yeah. you know, like we would love it with our kids, right? Yeah. You know, your Vanden comes over and he's like, you know, I'm doing this, but I'm not, you know, you'd be like, man, I, I raised it. a great son. Like yes. you're getting life. You're going to have to pivot in life. And, and again, this is one of the things that uh, stumbling upon happiness, uh, the book talks about is that, you know, where you are at 20, where you are at 30 is much different. And oh, then, and, and so you might not know where you're, you, what you like at 20 is going to be what you like at 50. Right. And so yeah. there's nothing wrong with pivoting. I think it's super important for folks, though, to understand that it what it is and it is you're struggling with it because it's an identity change and you felt like there was all those other variables. Mom and dad love that you were an attorney and they love, you know, mom loved to say all the time to people, you know, mom, my daughter, she's an attorney or whatever, you know, or or that Timmy's a pastor or whatever. And my, my mom loved it that I was pursuing the the pastorate and theology and all those types of things. Man, that's not a that's not a you know, you pursuing a new theology, right. With your, uh, with your congregation, those are not fun places to be in, but no. man, if you, that's, that's when you, it's to go through that transitions process of endings and the neutral zone and new beginnings. Yeah. If you're willing to have the courage, or if you want to stand in as an imposter and just keep playing the same role that you have, you're not going to be happy. Yeah. It's probably not going to end well. Right. Um, because your desires usually are going to draw you more than you can control them. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so you know, be willing to take that step out and say, what is going on here? What don't I like about this anymore? Jot it down like we talked about, being intentional about that and try to think of the things that you do like. Maybe, yeah. you know, for me, I know one of the things that's important to me is is always learning, whether it's how to do the podcast better or how what the dynamic of this is like or the topics that we pursue here, all those types of things, right? I mean, it's, I know that for me to be happy, I need to be engaged in learning all the time yeah. new things. And and so I think trying to figure out what all those little things are, are super important, but you're going to have to go through a really awkward time where you're disoriented and it's not fun, yeah. but you'll come out on the other side in a new place that makes you even feel like what you left was even more colorful than it was at the, like it, yeah. it, it, it brings more color to that, mo that time of your life than, than you thought at that moment. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that the, the key, as, you're, as you were talking, I thought, what is the key to living a fulfill, fulfilled life? Mm -hmm. I really think, and I got a tattoo on my neck, actually, it says, know thyself, which is Socrates, right? That's the, that's why I got the tattoo is I think to live a fulfilled life and to fulfill your, 
what we would say calling, which I don't believe in that like that. But, you know, to really live a fulfilled life, doing what you love, I think it requires that you know yourself. Like, yes, like for me, like, how am I going to know what I like? Yeah, you're if un- I don't know myself. You're untethered. You're right. just chasing everything. And right. that you're just like, what am I doing? Right. And so I think, honestly, the, the, if anything is a takeaway from this particular podcast, uh, all the different things of writing things down and being intentional and trying things out and all this stuff. I think the, the biggest thing is get to know yourself. Yes. And, and, and how do you do that through those things that you mentioned, you know, writing things down, journaling, hanging out with different people, taking it, you know, uh, trips and, and getting like, I didn't know I liked the beach until I went. I thought I'd probably like it. I didn't know how much I would like hiking until I went hiking. I didn't grow up going skiing. Okay. And so my first time to go to, to go on a ski trip, I decided to snowboard rather than ski because I'd never done either. So I was like, I'll oh, just do that. It seems cooler, more mm-hmm, fitting. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I absolutely loved snowboarding. And I grew up not going, had no idea, but mm-hmm. had the opportunity, did it and love it i i want to go this year i love it Mm -hmm. i would have never known had i not given it a shot because i think sometimes you just got to give it a go right you just got to give it a go you know you just gotta give it a shot you know so so let me let me let me change course here and put it back on you you've done some life coaching and and i'll be a little selfish here and get some free you know life coaching (laughs) therapy time with with timmy gibson um (laughs) I told Timmy I'm gonna come up with a, a nickname for him and is <laughs> all you know alter egos and personalities yeah. and you know but um you know I've I'm the time I'm wired and I know that I like to be I want to think that my life's on some sort of purpose or and and I'm okay with it not being in theology I think that you know that was one of the things that I learned considerably at at Dimdeco was that it didn't my calling didn't have to be in order to honor God and it need to be going to the ministry. It could be, you know, doing business right and being a a business part of a, a community and, you know, and all these things. So, um, and giving back and, and my, our contribution to that. And just, you know, I mean, there's just so much there, but, um, I struggle. I, I, I teed this up on text with you, right. As a, as a, as a topic, because I struggle with, you know, I'm 50 and, and I struggled with, I, this is obviously not fully baked, so it's coming out choppy, but I knew all the things that we've been talking about. I, I've been intentional about writing some things down. Um, I know kind of how I'm wired now because I've had a little bit of life, you know, behind me. Yeah. I know the things that give me energy. Certainly that's evolving because I'll be different at 75 than I am at 50 and all those things. But I had all those, but I'm still feel like I'm floundering a little bit. And and yeah. and and it and and what I mean by that is you know, my mom passed away a year ago last November and, and, you know, I was for whatever reason that that was kind of instrumental because she had so many things that she was kind of a, um, she was a, what do they call it? A shut in, you know, like she, yeah. her health wasn't good. She couldn't walk, but she was real sharp cognizantly, yeah. but, but just didn't get out a lot and everything. I mean, she kept everything on notes, had all this, I mean, just piles. I mean, my mom would have at least, I'm not embellishing, three to four feet of newspapers just stacked up. And you'd say, mom, we got to throw these away. And like, no, 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 I'm going to read them. Like, she saved everything, you know. And, oh, wow. and, 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 but from a, uh, you know, she'd get eight, 10 library books. I mean, it wasn't like save everything, like sweaters and everything. It was a little bit of sure. that, but it was more around just 
knowledge in these types of things. And she had everything jotted. That's when my mom passed me. We're going through all this, me and my dad and, and brother. And, and just, you know, I'm like, man, I cannot believe mom. You know, but it didn't, it lined up with how we knew mom, right, you know? Right. But when mom died, that all just went right in the trash. And, and I thought my mom spent so much emotional energy around maintaining this system yeah. of her world, you know, and, and, and it was all just gone. Right. And, um, and I heard a, a podcast, Peter, uh, Malik of creative planning on Tim Ferriss. I was listening to it again this week. And he said, one of the things that he has coached their investors on is they have people come to him all the time and say, you know, um, they save and save until their retirement. And then what are you going to do with it? And it's like, well, you know, they and spend it on my kids or something, or I want to, no, I want to save it for my kids. And they, they spend so much emotional energy around building up this nest egg and not spending it on some of the things that they wanted to. And he tells the story about a lady that was one of his clients and had a little piece of paper and she found it when her husband died. And it was, he called it to do list. It was essentially the bucket list. Yeah. And there was only that. two things on that, that didn't, that hadn't been fulfilled. And she thought, we saved all of our time. And then she, he said, the kids just come in right after that and take over the account. And they're, they're, they're pulling up in BMWs before dad's even in the grave. Wow. And, and, and so I get, you know, again, both stories, all this emotional energy that we spend around trying to maintain whatever it is, these things. And I, that my mom's death kind of put that a little bit in perspective. And I thought back to where I was in with my calling and where I'm at in life. I'm enjoying doing podcasting. I'm enjoying, you know, learning, but I like to be thinking that I'm learning because I'm evolving or growing myself. But when I get to my death, is it just going to be a smattering of things that I enjoyed? And is that okay? And yeah, there might've been some sort of common denominator thread throughout each one of those. Yeah. As a pastor though, I could have looked back and thought, I mean, lives have I touched and you kind of see where I'm going. It's like, yes. I'm doing a lot of things that are fulfilling to me, but, but I'm still struggling with putting all those in and tethering those back to a purpose, you know, I'm using right. that term loosely somehow. Right. That's what I struggle with right now. Yeah. The, I would say that, that maybe that's midlife crisis. That, well, that's partly, I think it could be, um, because it happens at our age and I went through mine a couple of years ago. I think part of, cause I love to learn. Oh my God. I could just sit and read all day. I love reading and learning, watching podcasts and oh. listening or listening to podcasts. Yeah. And I just learned, you know, like, I'll take a road trip and go eight hours and eight hours of podcasts. I oh. love it. Yes. And you know, I know you do too. Yeah. I think what 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 is needed for you and what I think one of the things that you love about podcasting is all the knowledge and things that you're learning and growing and getting, you have to get it out to help others. And so I think a life lived selfish, selfless or selfishly is empty, but a life lived selflessly in, in meaning I'm learning, yes, for my own benefit, but I'm sharing that with others. It's, yeah. There's, and of course, that comes That's back where I really get the payoff for yes. myself is when I get to, yes, you're, I, you're getting, you're, you're hitting on something. Yeah. Cause I think that I think, especially from the Christian perspective, which both of us grew up under, right. you know, live to give. In other words, it's all about others. You know, Jesus came right. that we might have life and have life more you know, abundantly and, and, and it was all about giving and giving and giving. And it's more blessed to give than receive. I mean, on and on and on. That's been pounded into our heads. But I think that's actually a very valid spiritual principle. One of live open-handed. And, and as the more money comes in, it gives me the opportunity to mm -hmm. give more, right? And do more. So the more knowledge I have, the more I can give mm -hmm. to help this world be a better place. And so, and understanding the you know, 
where we come from, which we, we don't really know for sure. You know, where we're going after we die, we don't really know for sure. What is the purpose of life? I really do believe it is to be loved and to love. How do we love other people? By giving. Mm. And it, that, this isn't just mean resources. I mean, it, it giving to make the world a better place, you know, giving. So I think when, when we have a job, that's a great job, we make good money. We like the people we're with, but what am I doing for society? Like, what am I doing to better this world? Like, mm -hmm. how am I changing? You know, mm -hmm. I think that's where I struggle. Maybe that's where you struggle is even though you can be making good money and you have a great wife and you have mm -hmm. kids and everything's good, but there's something I think it's whenever we look at our lives and go, what difference am I making? Yes. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of a team that's making this widgets that are doing, you know, that's great. It's whatever mm -hmm. or whatever it is. I don't even know what you do actually, but it's like, that's fine and good. It's wonderful. And there's a lot of fulfillment in that, but what am I doing to really impact the world? Mm -hmm. And that's where I struggle. One of the reasons why I started the podcast, I'm like, it's my little opportunity to, to do something right. Mm -hmm but I want to do more. Um, does that make sense at all? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, and I think I I'm always, um, conscious of the, uh, or aware of, of the widget maker for yeah. lack of better, you know, because you know, the person who just dedicates them lives to being a grocery store clerk or something, you know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're not going to be, you know, given the accolades or held up and high, you know, that, you know, he was the greatest stock shot, you know, yeah. uh, you know, anyway, so, but, but there is a, you know, part of, you know, I, my ex and I talked about this, uh, once and, and she was a hairdresser and, and, you know, she's, she's like, I'm a hairdresser. And I said, yeah, but I'm like, every time I go to get my haircut, I'm like, I feel like a new person, you know, I'm like, you're, yeah, you're, you're given, <laughs> you know, and, and you're giving me this, you know, it's, it's a, it's a monthly redemption, right? Your hair gets straggly. You get a haircut. It's you're, you're back to the way it ought to be kind of, you know? And yeah. so, you know, and she's like, I never thought about it like that. And I think that's a, that's, that struggle for a lot of people is, you know, me in, in working where I do tying that back to the, the larger vision of, of the federal reserve and, and what we're doing from a central bank perspective, you know, tying, if you're a, a, a stalker from a grocery store, you know, I mean, I, I sure like when I go over there and food's on the shelves and things, you know, yep. that's hard to figure out when you're doing it and it's three in the morning and you're the only one there. And, you know, and no friends because you got right. the night shift and you're stocking shelves. But I think trying to figure out how that, you know, lines back up with some of the bigger yeah. things. And then you have to, as a person, decide if that's what you want. If if you don't want a lot of responsibility, you're like, I just like coming in, them telling me what to do and I leave and and I'm able to make a living at that. Great. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and maybe you don't even care. I think there's some people out there that aren't, they don't care about being wired. They don't like, they're, they're not, not wired like, they're yeah. not like, but they still, you know, they're, they're not big readers and everything, but they're still good at their business. They have money. They've got good lives. They got big home, whatever, yeah. but they're just wired differently than you and I are. They find their energy from some other place. And I think, you know, we've, we've hit on that over and over again. And I think you're spot on with me. I think part of what I love, even about parenting is, is the joy of having kids, but the joy of having pride, pride in them that I'm, that I, they can take like, like my oldest is going to KU is going to um, be in a fraternity and live in the house. And so we were talking, you know, felt like there's moments where I, you know, where I get those fulfillment moments of parenting, which they're yeah. far and few between a lot. It's all yeah. like, you know, drudgery a lot of times. I mean, just sure. in the, in the, in the um, trough trying to figure it out, but it's, 
for it's that giving back part, you know, that yeah. I can take my life and I've done something with it and I've given back. I mean, even though I say that, you know, I maybe don't have it tethered, it's there is something there that that you're kind of hitting on that's my my calling, but I certainly struggled. I wasn't a good student. Um, you know, a C was an A to me and yep. a D was more, you know, so I struggled with that and all that, you know, and so I, you know, got diagnosed for ADHD when I was really young, got on medicine, it changed my life considerably. But, you know, those are, those are all just things that you have to kind of figure out in life and where you're at and be okay with what your lot in life is. And if you're not, then like you said, take an inventory yeah. of where you're at and go for it. Yeah. But if not, man, maybe you're, maybe you're happy being a, yeah. a stock you know, well, that's just it. I think, yeah, if you're a widget maker, maybe if that's, if that, if you're happy with that, there is no shame in it. No, that. go for it. I mean, absolutely. You're in a lot better place than the oh, lawyer who's gosh. super unhappy. Yes, exactly. So I think part of it could be also is what meaning we put into what we do, right? If you're a, if you're a mm, widget maker, a say it. if you realize, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this widget together with love and with care and with precision and with excellence, so that it will operate for someone and make them happy I when love they that. work it. You know I, I mean? love that. So I think a lot about a lot about fulfillment and success. It's how we I how we define it, and and how one person defines it, and how another person define it might be different. And so you know, Lance, as we kind of wrap up this whole thought on you know discovering your your you know your ultimate divine purpose in life, right? Which I think is is completely fluid, and it's up to you. And you know, discovering those things. But like I talked about putting meaning into your work, I think one of the most important things that we can do is whatever it is that we do, whatever that might be, if it's putting together widgets, if you're flipping burgers, if you're, like you said, if you're cleaning houses or mm -hmm. whatever you're doing, do it with excellence. You know what I mean? Like really, like if you're, if you're, if I started a detail car business when I was 15. Oh, okay. And I got, my business took off because I loved cleaning and I loved things being clean and I liked making things look nice. So when I would get a car and I would clean it, I cleaned it like it was mine mm -hmm. and like I was going to put it in a show mm -hmm. and people are like, man, my car's never been this clean. And they were just so happy. Yeah. That made me happy. Yeah. But, but it was, I just didn't half-ass do it. Right. I did it with Q-tips and I, right. I mean, I did it and yeah. I wanted it to be good and right. And I wanted them to be happy with me and what yeah. I did, you know? And so I think one of the things that brings fulfillment in life is when we do that, if you're half assing shit, I think that leads to discouragement. I don't think that that's not fulfilling, at least not to me. I mean, I, I can just speak for myself. Me doing things half ass is not fulfilling. If I'm going to do it, I'm fucking doing it. Now I don't have to be the best. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try, but if I don't, you know, um, are there some things that be, it, it, this is an interesting piece, I think, to this is, is understanding what there's some things that are passionate. What are your values? Some of the things that are just, ooh, you know, good. this is, you value this, right? And so that's, that's an important part of, of figuring out this equation or puzzle is understanding that part of it as well. How does the thing that you want to do line up with your values? Is it, you know, if you're a stock, a stalker, you know, you, you may pride yourself and, and get a lot of energy from the fact that when you look back on that aisle and those, it's just perfect, you know, and they're in there. And I'm not, I don't, that's not my thing. So I'm sure. going to go, I'm not going to do a good job. You don't want me to be in a stalker, not because it's, 
you know, uh, uh, you know uh, oh, you're talking about a stalker, uh, not a stalker, not a stalker. <laughs> I was like, I could be good at that. No. <laughs> well, maybe if you are, you become a detective. You turn that into <laughs> use it for good. Use it for good. I actually, you, funny you mentioned stalker. I was a a stalker at a grocery store. Okay, and I took, I loved it. My grandpa owned a grocery store, and I was so happy to him for him to. Go, man, that aisle looks good. Yeah, Tim, that's, he called me Timbo. He goes, that aisle looks good, Timbo. He goes, that's cool. Get, you know, get to the next aisle. You know, yeah. it made me so happy to make it look good. Yeah, and and one part of that, as you were talking, is like one of the things I loved about mowing the grass was you see that it needs to be done, and you can go do it, and then see the finished product. Like you were with the shelf, right? Yeah. Like if if that's important to you, and you get energy from that, then maybe being a real estate agent where you got to chase the lead and show a lot of homes, and they don't want to buy. You know the leash is long and yeah. you're not, and that's not your personality may not be the right calling for right. you. So right. again, you know, it's like you keep saying coming back to know thyself is so important in yeah. this, but, but being so intent, don't just, you know, you could have easily just been like, I, yeah, I just, I don't know, hanging up my grade. Like you could go look back on that time with your grandpa and not really be able to define maybe what you was that you liked about it. Yeah. But but if, you know, think about if you were younger, 20 or something, and started keeping this kind of inventory, it'd be interesting to see how your life evolved and, and changed over time. But yeah. you'd have such a good idea of what gives you energy. And it that's what calling comes down to, right? Yeah. Is a lot of just, you're getting energy, you're, you're happy if you want to call it, whatever the term you want to put on it, but you're enjoying whatever it is that you're wanting to do. Yeah. And um, that was a big turning point for me in my theology back in the days was, um, uh, John Piper had, um, man, I'm, I won't be able to pull up his little saying now, but, um, it was something like a life, uh, God is most happy with us when we are most happy with him. And it was around this, his, all of his stuff was around desiring God. And it was a shift in my mind from this obligation or, you know, that, that, you know, you need to do this because it's got, as opposed to just wanting to be with God because I enjoyed it. Right. That was a big shift, you know? And so don't, don't, uh, you know, moving from CS Lewis said, um, uh, what did he say? Something like to the effect of when you command someone to feel a certain way, it freezes their feelings. And that's oh, the way I felt yeah. it, it, when, you know, I was like, I feel like I'm obligated to love God. And and it's not that I didn't want to at that point, sure. but it was like, it felt like an obligation. And I was like, that didn't sound like I want my child to want to be with me, not because they're obligated right. to, you know? Yeah. Do you want your wife to love you? Cause exactly. you feel obligated yeah. rather than right. It's like, not contractual, <laughs> you know, but you know, so anyway, I'm, I'm way off, but uh, well, I love what you said about taking inventory. I think that's, that, that's a point in all the points that we've given. Um, that is a important part that I hadn't really thought of. When we're younger, you're just living. You're you're just fucking living, man. Right. You're just doing whatever the whatever the wind blows is what the fuck's going on. Right. You don't even know. Right. Now I think as 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 at least for me, as I've gotten older, I am more reflective. I am taking inventory. I am asking. So I think another point, and this is a point I think to do that we haven't mentioned before, is in it, you know, I think of a scripture, seek, ask, and knock. I think it's critically important. Ask. Ask mm. the universe. Mm. What yeah. am I? I yeah. about like, what yeah. is my thing? You know, yep. like ask God, ask the universe, yep. ask mother moon, whatever the fuck, ask Buddha, whoever your deal, like just put it out there, ask, you know? And, and I think that goes to journaling is journaling your thoughts, journaling, journaling things. But sometimes we just live and we get caught up in the, in the, in the, 
in the wheel, uh, the, the hamster wheel of, you know, we get up, we go to work, you know, we come home, we eat dinner, we watch TV, right. we go to bed, we get up, do, right. and we just get in these routines right. and we're not sitting with ourselves yes. and saying, what is Lance right. like? Yeah. What does Lance love? What does Lance besides, yeah, besides your wife, your kids, your, your job and yeah. I mean, all those things. I mean, I love all those same things too. Mm -hmm. uh, not my wife or your wife. I don't have a wife, but I mean, <laughs> it was like, I love those things, but, but I'm, I'm not just a father. Right. I'm not just a, a teacher. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm not just a fucking ring announcer. I'm not right. a, just a wedding officiant. Mm -hmm. I'm something entirely separate yeah. from all those. And things. actually, those are the things I do. Right. That's what I was going to say. When you distill what the common denominator is between all those, that's probably actually who Timmy really is more. Yeah. It's just the, it gets that, whatever that is internally gets manifested in being a, a wedding officiant, a podcaster, right. a ring and answer. You know what right. I mean? And that's the real challenge here is to go through and do that work to, to figure out who is when it's all taken away. If you're no longer a ring announcer, you're no longer a podcaster, you're no longer a wedding. If you're going to be something right. And I can guarantee you, it's going to be a man, another manifestation of who really Timmy is deep down. Yeah. So, okay. So to, to end this, podcast to bring it to a close we've given out a bunch of this has been a good one a lot of a lot of things to do and thoughts to think um ways to to live this out what has been a book or a video or something that has been pretty profound in either helping you um with this process is there a book that comes to your mind that you're like oh that book really helped me um think this way in discovering what Lance is all about, or are you still in search of that book? Um, I, there was no book that had it all, you know, there's some books that just, I mean, the transitions by William Bridges is a big one for me because I do think there's identity changes and that's, that's a big one. We talked about that. And, and he, he talks a lot about that and in, in there and how, and the process to go through. So that book was very instrumental to me. Another book that I read was, um, I want to say the guy's name's Alex, Ianian or something like that, but he, um, it's called the third door and you know, he, he's, I don't remember all of the, you know, and, and if he was here, he would tell it much better, but, yeah. but you know, there's the first, there's the first way and the second way. And those were, I don't remember what those were, but they were the common ways. And then he's like, there's always a, a third door and you've got to mm -hmm. find the third door. And, and that, that opened up some things he talks a little bit about, you know, where do you get energy and, and some of those things. But I think it's been for me, a compilation of things, just, you know, um, at work, you know, strength finders is a big thing for us understanding, you know, who, what, where, where do you have strength and not let's not so much focus on the weaknesses as much as let's, you know, focus on your strength and, and, and my time in the church and, you know, having that basis of wanting my life to be a part of something bigger than just the day to day, going to the grocery store and living life. And then, you know, I die and, right. and have a big stack of papers, you know, that, that my kids just throw away because, and yeah. you know, or, or yeah. money that I slaved over and then they just spend it real quick. You know, I want my life to be like you, you know, something bigger. Right. Yeah. So yeah, leave a legacy. And, and, and I think that's the part that, you know, you, you string it all together. There's this longing and, and, you know, my personality, it comes into play and all this. And it, and, and when you, when I look back on it and I start to really think about how I put it together, I'm like, you know, I can tell that I want my life to be part of something bigger, you know, I want and my life to have meant something. to meant something, you know? And so there's a lot of books out there, but I think you, in a lot of ways, you know, the book stumbling upon happiness was important to me because it, it made me see happiness different than I would have 
thought happiness was, you know, and, and, you know, why do you like going to the beach? We talked about that. Yeah. You know, you may like it once, but you start doing it every day. The beach isn't going to be as fun anymore, you know? Right. So understanding how our minds are wired and and how they determine happiness and making sure that I'm not stumbling over that, you know, right. all those things were important to me and, and getting me to where I am today in this journey. And, and, um, so anyway, what, what about you? What, what do you have? Well, Lance, of course, it was the Bible. Of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> King James Version, of course. The King James Version. You know, uh, I, like you, I because I, I was thinking as you were talking, I'm like, I asked that question, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, what book was it for me? Yeah. Um, and it's the same. A com- it's a compilation of books. There's so many books that have meant something to me. Um, but one of the – a few of the things or the – big concepts that there are many books that cover each of these concepts, personality profile type stuff, you know, like what are my strengths? What is my personality or the Enneagram and Mm -hmm. those things? I've found a lot. I, you know, I've, I got introduced to self-help stuff pretty early on, you know? And so uh, like when I, I say Tony Robbins and when I think of him, I think of Anthony Robbins cause that's what he used okay. to go by yeah. way back in the day. And so his, you know, personal power yep. and all his stuff yep. was very influential to me, um, early on, but what's been influential to me now is just a broad scope of, of literature that I would have never really considered reading. Right. Uh, books that were just way beyond my scope, uh, way beyond my vocabulary, even, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was raised very simply, you know, mm-hmm. very, um, yeah, very just simply. And so I was never introduced to, to great literature. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been exploring with that and I've got my 15 books that, uh, are on my coffee table that I'm reading this year and they're all over the place. I mean, there's a couple mm-hmm. fiction in there. There's a couple self-help. There's some investing, which books. is a good strategy to be broad and diverse, yes. right? Like, um, there was a little, I can't, he was a famous person, historian. I can't remember, but I remember him saying, if you're a theologian, then, then try to pick up painting. There's yes. something in painting that it seems like there's no connection, but there'll be something that you'll help. It'll make you a better theologian or whatever, you know, the case. And that's, that, that's also been instrumental. And to me is, is people, you know, saying you've got to be broad in, in your application. You don't want to be too niche in some ways. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, final closing comments. I think I would say, um, and I'll let you finish it. Uh, read. Yeah. I think it's important to read. Um, keep a journal. Yes. Ask yourself, you know, have the conversations with yourself, you know, talk to yourself or talk to God, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, try out new things. Uh, but when it comes to like, here's the, the book to read, I think just read like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just find great books to read Yeah, and it will expand your, I've been surprised how many fiction books yeah. I've read. Like I just finished, uh, what makes Sammy run. It was a book written in 1949, such a powerful book, such a great book that I learned so much about this, the main character, Sammy and just his life and mm-hmm. his ego. And it just, I learned so much, you know, mm-hmm. and it was really helpful for me in my own personal development. Mm-hmm. So I think we can, we can, it's safe to say that you don't have to read a self-help book no. to get self-help. Right. I think you can read any book, including self-help to, to learn and to gain some wisdom and, and to grow and to learn and find out who you are. That's the most important part of this journey. If we didn't say anything in this whole podcast and we'd literally just said this, this is the most important know yourself. Yes. I think that's what it takes to discover what fulfills you and what gives you meaning. 
about you? Yeah. And I, I think just to, to piggyback on that, you know, know that you're going to change over life and things that are important to you now might not be important to you later and understand that it's a journey and, and, and that's okay. You know, you, it, it, you may stay in the same profession, you may not, but even if you stay within a, a certain swim lane, you know, that, that, that your journey as an attorney or as a mom or all those things are going to change. That's just how life works and, and be okay with that, but be intentional about coming back to, like you said, trying to tie it back to what's, what is it, what's giving you energy? What's making it, why is that important to you? What did you love about being a mom? What did you love about getting together with your girlfriend or buddy and doing a podcast, you know, like just be a little bit more intentional and not so passive going through life. I think, you know, just pays off significant dividends. I think, I think not living half ass is a big thing, you know, and I struggle with it because I I can, I don't, I wouldn't say I am lazy, but I, I love to work, but I also love to chill. Uh And so there's a tender balance there, but I, I think, don't live at half your ability, right? A, cre- a tree doesn't grow to half its height. It grows fully. I think another piece, and we'll just stop here, th- with living a fulfilled life is when we really do give our best. If it's putting together widgets, be the fucking best widget putter together ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to clean windows, clean the fucking windows better than anybody else. That in and of itself, I don't care what you do, widgets, cleaning, surgery, fucking mowing lawns. I don't care what yeah. you do. If you give it your best, I think that makes, that brings fulfillment. And then if there's another level that needs to be achieved, that's where the exploration comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, and, and people that do find that and they give it their best and everything, other people are watching and, and they're just, Envious. yeah, they're just, they love it. They're, yeah. they're like, it's to see his aisle, yeah. you know, go look at bills compared yeah. to Tom's. Yeah. You know, bills is you're just it's like this is a work perfect. of art. Yes. Yeah, you know, and and that's the beauty of it, and that's what you ought to take pride in, right? But if you don't do the thinking to understand what it is that you hate about it or you like about it, you're you're never going to find that fulfillment and happiness out of it. Yeah, man, it's good, man. Enjoyed the talk one. today. Yeah. yeah, appreciate it, brother. Have a good one. Um,